0: Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Titled useful, and if you'll take your Bibles and turn to Second Timothy chapter 2, um, we're going to look through a, a few scriptures. Last night, we had a battle of the bands here at One Cause. Uh, Pastor Jana put on Rocktober, and uh, this room looked a lot different. I'm amazed at how quickly they were able to put it all back together. It looked totally different last night, and uh, it was really cool. We had four bands compete, and then we had a headlining band. Some of them are here, messengers. And uh, they came and uh, screamed their heads off. It was great. And... Uh, they rocked, they rocked the house, and so uh, really enjoyed having all those guys here, and good to have Ethan back with us from California, yeah, and his little brother Noah, not so little. But uh, anyway, um, had a great time, and uh, the band that won was Off Key. I mean, they, that's the name of their band, that's, and they were Off Key, but they, but they won. They did a great job. Uh, what would you say? They're they are. Where are they? There you are, Chase. Chase and his band was was here last night. They won the battle of the bands, so they won two hundred dollars, and so we're expecting a big offering today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Pass those buckets one more time. Just kidding. I didn't laugh at that one. All Before before I get into uh, the message this morning, I need to uh, make a correction. Uh, about something I said last week. You know, I, as a pastor, I have to be very careful about what I say uh, and weigh my words. And um, last week I said something, and I've said it in the time past, and I'm here to st- tell you that I stand corrected. And uh, we had a link group discussion about it, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I also had a uh, Facebook message as well. And I just want to say thank you to those who talked to me about this, about the, the campaign I Am second. And uh, I didn't give it a fair shake, and I, I want to apologize for kind of downplaying. I wouldn't really want to downplay what they do. It was the phrase more than it was what they're doing. Uh, but I do appreciate what that campaign is doing, and how people have come to Christ, and a lot of wonderful testimonies, and um, I, I thank God for them. You know, we're all in this thing together, That's right. and we're all here to preach the gospel by whatever means it, it takes to preach the gospel. And uh, I was caught on the phrase, I am second, because I, I don't believe that we're second, I believe that God brought us all the way from last place to first place with Him. Right. And so He seated us in heavenly places with Christ. And that was the thing more that I was, I was talking about. But in, in, in the end, I really didn't give a fair shake. And I, and I do apologize for that uh, because I, I, I want to support anyone who's preaching the gospel. Amen. You know, and I, I, something that, that burns in me and I, I learned from a... a a pastor who's spoken to my life, of course, Pastor John, spoken to my life, but another pastor by the name of Charles Neiman said something a few years ago that's really stuck with me and, and helped me how I view ministry and, and life. Is he said, you know, we we're not here to draw lines of division, we draw circles of love. Amen. And uh, so I want to encourage all of you, all of us together, that we draw circles of love. Amen. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's move forward now and look at Second Timothy chapter two. Today, uh, we're going to talk about useful. How many of you ever heard the term, make yourself useful? Yeah. How many of you have said that before? Maybe to your kids? Yeah. Well, I think it's a, you know, when I was a kid, uh, uh, you know, make yourself useful. I, I was told that from time to time. And that's a really good, that's a really good philosophy for the kingdom of God. It's actually scriptural. It's actually scriptural. See, I think part of the problem with the body of Christ in being slow (laughs) in some ways, is that we think it's up to God to make us useful. But he says it's up to us to make us useful. We're waiting for that that perfect position, that perfect moment when it all lines up, right? And that's just not how it works. God has given us a responsibility, an obligation. And we're going to look here at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Are you there? Verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Aren't you glad about that? Stands. Having this seal or this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So two things that are written on this inscription are the foundation of God. The Lord knows those who are His. Aren't you glad that you're known today by God? God knows exactly where you are. He knows your name. He even knows how many hairs are on your head or how many hairs are not on your head for some of you in this room today. But, but nevertheless, nevertheless, God knows you. He knows you. He knows those who are His. And sometimes your, your, your walk with the Lord can feel a little lonely at times. But, but listen to me, that's why we don't walk by what we feel. We walk by faith, not by sight. The Lord knows those who are his, that comforts me today. That on this planet, this little bitty blue ball out in outer space, God knows me. God knows you, Amen. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That means that we have something to do. All right, we have something to do. And I looked this. I, I thought maybe Paul here was quoting some Old Testament scripture somewhere, or but he's not. The Lord revealed this to him, that this is written on the foundation of God. It's interesting. Let's continue. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, that is, being the vessel of dishonor, being the vessel of wood and clay, he will be a vessel for honor, the gold and the silver sanctified and, everybody say this word loud, useful for the master prepared for every good work. Wow. It says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things. See, this is our obligation. This is what we have to do as as believers is to continually do what Romans chapter 12 says. Do not be conformed to this world and its system. Right, But be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And this shows us here how important it is that when we do that, then we become useful for the master. And we become ready and we're we're prepared for every good work so that any minute God can call on you, you're ready to go. Any minute he says something, any minute he puts something in your heart or he puts a word in your mouth to say, you're ready. You're ready for the master's use. You're useful. Now listen, you cannot replace... Or, or, uh, um, or make equal useful with valuable. Two separate things. You are already valuable. You didn't determine your value. God determined your value. You determine your usefulness, though. All right. Does that help you today? All right. You're not useful because of you do something. You're useful because I mean valuable because you do something. You're valuable because Jesus did something for you. Amen. And and God showed us our value when he paid for us, when he redeemed us by his own blood. That's the value. See, the value of something is known by what someone is willing to pay for it. And God so loved us that he paid for us with his own blood, The, the life and blood and body of his own son. We can't even measure that value. See, you can't even really understand how much God loves you until you understand how much He loves Jesus. And then to think that He didn't even spare Jesus so He could get you. You're valuable because God determined your value. But ladies and gentlemen, we determine our usefulness. Amen. Hallelujah. So, don't wait for the the right moment. Don't wait for someone to call on you before you make yourself ready. Be ready. Cleanse yourself from the contamination of this world. Listen listen what the message translation says there in 21. So, whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable for the master, fit and ready for any. Everybody say any. any. Now this says whoever can do anything. Whoever can do any good work. Hallelujah. That is anything that God sets for you to do. And let me tell you something. God's not going to tell you to do something that you're not able to do. Amen. He gives you according to your talent. Remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about the five talents given to one, two talents given to another, one given to the other, all according to their ability. See? So what God has called you to do, then he knows that you're able to do whether you know it yet or not. All right? So if he called you to do it, and most of the time... It's bigger than what we think. Otherwise, we don't need him. But he calls it, he says that we're able to do it because he's our partner in life. See, if God's with you, who can be against you? If God's on your side, nobody can stop you, see? Amen. And with God, all things are... Amen. So it takes, it takes uh, the inability out of the equation. It takes the I can't do it out of the equation. Amen. And when you do this, when you, when you make yourself useful, make it an everyday thing. Not a once in a while, like to be used of God and then like to do my own thing. That's how a lot of people see church. It's just one more thing in their busy life. Rather than the house of God is the thing, right? That when we're planted there, we're planted in the house of God as the Word teaches us, our whole life flourishes. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. amen. Yeah. I could have used a little bit better amen there. But <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 6. Let's look at that for a moment. Anybody excited yet? I am too. Excited about the Mavericks. (laughs) 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches but in the living God. Now, Before you exclude yourself from this passage right here, as we tend to do at times, command those who are rich in this present age. That's right, tell them rich people, Pastor. Before you exclude yourself from here and think this isn't talking to you because you're not rich, I want you to consider something today. There's a statistic that I found quite interesting concerning our world. And if we were to break down our entire world to the population of only 100 people, it would play out like this, all right? The entire world down to 100 people, there would be 51 women and 49 men. 70 people would be of a faith other than Christianity. There would be 70 people of color 30 would be white. 80 would live in substandard housing, that is, without running water and without electricity. 80 out of 100. 50 would be malnourished, living off perhaps one small meal a day. 70 would be illiterate and unable to read. Is this astounding or what? And 6 of the 100 would possess half of the world's wealth and reside in the United States of America. You know, even with the financial challenges that we are facing today as a country, it doesn't seem as bad when you consider the following, that there are approximately 6.6 billion people in the world today, and close to half of that, that is well over 3 billion people, live on less than $2 a day. You probably have $2 and change on your dresser in a can, in your cup holder, in your car. Hmm. There are over 300 million living in the U.S. We have a world of 6.6 billion people. Over 300 million live in the United States, less than 6% of the world's population, yet Americans have half of the world's wealth. And you're not rich. Let me give you another little statistic. If you make $20,000 a year, you are in the top 11% of the richest people on planet Earth. Now let's put this in perspective and let's take this word personally today. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. And he's talking about those aren't things that cause you to get to, to have eternal life. He's saying, with the perspective of eternal life, this is what rises you to the occasion of ready, willing, able, useful for every good work.. Hmm? Because you have an eternal perspective on life. You understand that you're looking for a city, as we talked last week, whose builder and maker is God. That you really don't belong here. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. Hallelujah. You're laying up treasures in heaven. You're looking for a day when you're going to spend eternity with God Almighty. And you're going to enjoy the rewards that you earn right here, right now. And you get those rewards when you make yourself useful. Hallelujah. See, heaven isn't your reward for doing good. You going to heaven is Jesus' reward for what he did. But the rewards that you get there in heaven all have to do with you making yourself useful for the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is the one that got us all the way there. But what kind of heaven do you want? Amen. Because you get one shot at these rewards. You're here right now, every day of your life, living for that reason. Amen. Amen. And if we're honest, if we're honest about it, because if we don't learn it now, then we'll we'll, we'll get the right perspective there when we stand before Him. And all those excuses that we made for ourselves, all of a sudden are going to become so flimsy and weak. We won't even be able to utter them. We could so boldly utter them on earth until we look at Him, the one with whom we must give account of our lives. The Bible teaches us that we can have boldness in the day of judgment. Amen. I want to live my life so that when I stand before Him, I can say, I did everything you told me to do. I understand that the life that you gave me was a gift from you. And what I did in that life was my gift back to you. Amen? Amen. Y'all don't get too quiet on me now. I need some amen in this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. In 1972, some of you weren't alive then. Some of you were. I was. I was a year old. In 1972... In March of 1972, that is, NASA launched a space probe called Pioneer 10. Does anyone here remember that? Anyone here remember Pioneer 10? Well, it launched, and and it had a mission. And the mission was to reach Jupiter. And the scientists said that this was a very bold exploration because we had never gone past Mars at this point. And... um, they wanted, uh, the mission was to have Pioneer 10 photograph the planet. You see some of the photographs it's taken uh, of, of uh, it and its moons and, and, and beam data back to Earth about its magnetic field and its, its radiation belts and, and its atmosphere. And uh, <clears throat> they feared, though, that this asteroid belt would, would probably collide with this uh, probe. And they weren't sure if it would survive it, but it did. And... and um, It accomplished its mission and much, much more. Uh, Swinging past that giant planet in November of 1973, this is a year and a half later, Jupiter's immense gravity then hurled Pioneer 10, this is amazing, at a higher rate of speed toward the edge of the solar system. At one billion miles from the sun, Pioneer 10 passed up Saturn. At some two billion miles, it hurled past Uranus. Neptune at nearly three billion miles, Pluto at almost four billion miles, and by 1997, 25 years after its launch, Pioneer 10 was more than six billion miles from the sun. And despite that immense distance, Pioneer 10 continued to beam back radio signals to scientists on Earth. Isn't that extraordinary—six billion miles away. Its last very weak signal was, re- was received on January the 22nd, 2003. 31 years later, this little dude is still talking. It's believed that its power source had run too low to transmit a, a, a real signal. And at that time, Pioneer 10 was more, in 2003, it was more than 7.6 billion miles away from the earth. That's 82 times the distance the earth is from the sun. Now, the distance from the earth to the sun is 93 million miles, 82 times over. Imagine that. We can't even, our brain just goes, (laughs) and the most remarkable thing about it was that those signals emanate from an 8-watt transmitter. All right, that radiates about as much power as a bedroom nightlight. Isn't that amazing? It takes more than 11 hours for its signal to reach planet Earth. The little satellite that could was not qualified to do what it did. Engineers designed Pioneer 10 with a life expectancy of just three years. 31 years later, still talking. The mission was only designed for 21 months, but it kept on going. And by simple longevity, its tiny 8-watt transmitter radio accomplished more than anyone thought possible. Ladies and gentlemen, if man can do something like this, what can God do with your ability? What can God do when you put your life into the hands of this remarkable God? Mm, whenever you do that, whenever you offer yourself to serve the Lord, God can work even through eight-watt abilities. Hallelujah. He'll take you further than, ev- than you ever dreamed possible. You'll see and experience things far outside of your sphere of ability and understanding. Hallelujah. So give who you are and give what you have to Him. Hallelujah. Let Him put His super on your natural. Amen. Hallelujah. And, but, but here's the thing. He can't use someone has, who's not made themselves useful. It's just a vessel, dirty vessel sitting on a shelf in the house. Now I want you to notice that we saw in that scripture that that all of those vessels are in the house. All of them are there. See, we're all as the children of God. We're all in the family of God. We're all in the kingdom of God. All valuable, all seen through the very same blood. Just not all of us have made ourselves useful for the king. Not all of us have made ourselves useful for the master. Some are just sitting on the shelf and allowing the world to dictate what they say and what they do. Christians looking like the world. So this tells us that the foundation of God, what is inscripted on the foundation of God is that we depart from a life of iniquity. That we depart, we leave that life, the old life, who we used to be, because we're not who we used to be. Ladies and gentlemen, I hear people say, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Hey, hey, being a sinner is one thing. Being saved by grace is together, all, all together something totally different. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. How do you cleanse yourself from the impurities of the world? How do we do this? For some here today, it may mean just separating yourself from people who influence you in the wrong direction. Just. Changing your relationship, changing the company that you keep. And for others, it may be that you've become chemically dependent, and it's it's become a vice, and it robs you of of real peace and real joy and true contentment in life. And it's I mean we've got a drug for everything. You need energy, just pop this pill. If you need to sleep, pop this pill. If you if you're anxious, pop this pill. We've got something for everything, and it just numbs people to life, to what God has for us, which is so much better. Because it's the real deal. It's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Because the pill effects wear off and then you got to find another one. Right. Yeah. It's a never ending process and it's always working on your pocketbook. Uh-huh. Yeah. Amen. I'm amazed. We were just looking. I was over at David Selena's house the other night and we were watching a, a commercial about some pill that you could take that would possibly protect you from strokes but also would cause bleeding, has the risk of causing bleeding. So I can bleed to death if I take this pill. It's insanity. These medications that are just seem to do more damage than they do good. It'll fix this, but it might cause this and this and this and this and this and this, and this all along the way. Oh, somebody's making some money out there. For others here today, it might be sexual immorality. I want to just say something, just a quick note, that sex is to be enjoyed between a husband and wife only. Amen. 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 I could have had a better amen there too. (laughs) Well, Pastor, you know, we're living in a different time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when did the word of God go away? When did truth leave? Every generation has that excuse. Anything outside of marriage is perverse, it's unclean. Whether that's fornication, whether that's adultery, whether that's homosexuality, it's all sin. Smile at me. We need to say things like this. Are you hearing me? You need to hear truth. Sometimes it comes at you like a brick against the head, but you need to hear it anyway. I think about that, you know. Yeah, pastor, we love each other. Then get married. Well, we just figure if we move in together, you know, we could we could we could just make sure. So you're just a boring person. You just take all the mystery and the wonder and the excitement of a new thing together. Just bore each other and live in sin at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. It's a double negative. And the truth is, if we're really honest about it, you've just submitted yourself to a particular part of the human anatomy that's not the brain. Amen. If you truly love each other, ladies and gentlemen, do the right thing. Amen. Get married and do it God's way. Amen. Anything other than marriage is a rejection of God's way and God's will and God's blessing on your life. He's not going to bless you in that situation. It ain't going to happen. He's not going to go, okay, well, you, you love each other. I'll make an exception this time. Once again, we're going to stand before him and go, oh, yeah, ooh. Fix it right now amen. All right, I'll get off that. Some of you are squirming in your seat. All right. It could be, cleansing ourselves could be something as simple as making an attitude adjustment, right? Changing the what, what's coming out of our mouth, changing the way we talk. Amen. Boy, you all amens just kicked right back up. That's awesome. i got to see it from my side. This is fun up here. Uh, These these things, the pitfalls and and the sins and weaknesses, listen to me, these can all be remedied by one thing. Are you ready for the answer? Hmm? They can all be remedied by one thing, an honest approach and submission to the Word of God, period. Because the Word of God has all the power you need to help you. It has all the power to need to heal you and to restore you, to deliver you, to strengthen you. The Word of God has all the power that you need to fulfill your life. And when you see yourself as the Word of God shows you who you are, then you'll realize that everything else has been a lie. Amen. See, the Word of God turns the light on in our life. David said it like this in Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your Word gives light. It gives light. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. See? That's why we have to be vigilant to keep our lives in it, in the Word, in the Word, renewing our minds daily to the Word of God so that we can have light, so that we're not stumbling around here in the darkness like those who don't know who God is, like those who don't know. That the light could come on. Right. Yeah. Amen. It, the Bible says it gives understanding to the simple. If that's you, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. gives understanding to the simple. That means no one's too dumb to get this. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> it gives understanding. When you understand that only the truth can make you free, then you can truly be free. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It might happen. You know what? It might happen in an instant. I've had instantaneous things happen in my life from God. But you know what? Most of them have been walking the process. See, victory is absolutely sure. It's been paid for. It's been, it's, it's been purchased by Christ. And the Bible says that He always leads us in triumph. He always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God never failed on that part, right? Right? It's somewhere along the way we stopped walking the process of victory. All right, so I want to encourage you: get back up, dust yourself off, and keep moving forward and head toward victory. And don't settle for anything less than what God has for your life—total victory in every area of your life. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. David said in Psalm one nineteen nine: "How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word?" There it is. There's your answer. You submit your life to the Word of God. Amen? And I was telling the earlier service this, that true, true Christian maturity comes when you stop arguing with God. When you stop making excuses and stop justifying yourself, but you just accept the truth of the Word and that's it. And you do everything you can to fashion and mold your life to it. Because that's truth. Truth isn't truth because I believe it. Oprah would like us to think that. Yeah. Just as long as you're sincere and just whatever you believe, everything's okay. No. No, no, no. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I don't care how sincere they are. I'm the only way. Yeah. Amen. How many of you believe that here today? So don't let anything or anyone or any place stop you from making yourself useful for the master's cause because the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, time's going to be no more and life here on earth is going to come to an end and the stuff is going to corrode and rust away. I'll finish with this scripture. Jesus said, I, I think I quoted part of it earlier, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. What that's telling us is that stuff's just temporary. Think about it. Think about salvage yards full of cars that were someone's dream and hope at one time. Right? They saved up money. They went on vacations. Sooner or later, it's in the, it's in the dump. It's of no use anymore. Hmm? But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where nothing can corrode it. Nothing can rust it. Nothing can stop it. Nobody can break in and steal it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Keep your heart in the Master's hands. Keep yourself ready to be used of God. Amen? Amen. Because every day that you've been given by God is certainly a gift. And what you do in that day is your gift back to Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Hallelujah. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you today, bringing this word to you. Hallelujah. I thank God for His word. I thank God for the power of His word. I thank God for, for, for the truth of the Word of God. and sometimes we don't <laughs> sometimes we don't like it, but it's still truth. And we still got to do something about it. And there are some of you here today that that need to make a new choice. Some of you here today that need need to turn in a new direction. I think that maybe at this moment you've got a better understanding of your life and its cause and its purpose. So much more than just existing and trying to make it through this world, but living for a greater purpose, the Master's purpose. In this great house, he has vessels that he can use and vessels that he can't use. Be a vessel that God can use. Avail yourself to him and say, God, I don't know everything that I can do, but I'm willing to do something. Let me tell you something. God will begin to direct your steps. If you'll avail yourself to him, I promise you, he will make sure that there are opportunities set up for you. He's listening to you. He's waiting. Because he sees this world. He sees sighing, dying, crying humanity. And if there's someone who will raise their hand to him and say, God, I'm available to you. I'm not going to be part of what this world's doing. I want to be part of the kingdom of God. And he's going to make sure you cross that, their path, the one who's hurting, the one who's desperate, the one who needs God so bad. He's going to make sure that somewhere along the way you are able to bring them hope. With the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like somewhere along your way, somebody crossed your path and brought you the message that changed your life. So today, clean up whatever you got to clean up. All right? Repent, make the change, and leave it where it is. God's with you. The Word of God teaches. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law. Oh, you're under a, a greater day called grace. I like what Hebrews says. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily besets us. Can it really be that easy? It sounds like that's what the Word of God says. Just lay it aside and go on. Yeah. All right? Treat sin for what it really is, powerless. Yes. Powerless. has no hold on you yeah. unless you allow it. But today, just set it aside. Say, no more. I'm running this race. I'm not going to trip. I'm going to stay in the light so I can see where I'm going, see what I'm doing, so I can please God. Now, if you're here today and you say, Pastor Eric, pray for me today as I take a a new step in Christ today. For some of you that might be first submitting yourself to God. Maybe you're here today and you don't even have a relationship with God. You're not even sure you'd go to heaven, but you can be sure when you accept what Jesus did for you because you can't earn it. you You can't make it there on your own. You're spinning your wheels going nowhere. Jesus came and did it for you. He died for your sins. He was buried in a tomb, and he rose again three days later. And If you'll believe on him and what he did for you, that he did everything necessary to bring you into a right relationship with God, the Bible says you'll be saved. In heaven will automatically be your home. And God won't be just some being way out there in the outer space. God will be your father. He longs to have a relationship with you, longs to love you and show himself to you and walk with you in this life. Now, if you're in any of those categories, today you just need to repent. Today you just need to turn back to God. And today or today, you just need to first, for the first time, put your faith in Christ. I just want you, but with every head bowed, just by a show of hands, I want to pray with you. Are you here today? Just raise your hand where you are. All right? Nobody's looking around here. Thank you. Just raise your hand here. You just need to, you need to make a new decision today, a new start. Change some things in your life. Cleanse yourself from old things because old things are passed away and all things have been made new for those who are in Christ. Father, thank you for these who have raised their hand. Father God, I thank you for your blessing on them. Lord, as they've raised their hand, I believe it's a statement of faith on their part, God. Hallelujah, Lord, that they're coming to you, whether it's for the first time or whether it's for the millionth time. Father, I thank you that you don't turn anyone away. Lord, those who believe on you, your word says, will not be ashamed. Hallelujah. So, Father, I thank you right now as they come to you today that you would enter their life by your Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them know God, love like they've never known before. Today, there is no condemnation. Today, there's no guilt. There's no shame. Jesus took all of that for you. He offers you grace. And he offers you a life to be lived with his purpose in mind. For his kingdom. For his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.